You're listening to a True Name Theatre production. Humane by Polly Creed. Episode 1 I feel that prickly heat down my spine. An alertness. That feeling you only get at moments of true crisis. For a second, everything you know quivers. The air thickens around you. Your body feels heavy. Then you come back to yourself. Slowly. Blue flashing lights. The slow dawning realisation that something awful has happened. It doesn't feel real. Not here. Not to you. Not to him. We watch as the police cars and the ambulance all leave. And we're left behind, all standing in the car park. A little crowd of us, all completely silent, huddled, freezing. I'm holding onto the buggy so tight that my knuckles are white. Everything was so quick, so frantic, it was like being in a movie, really. First the paramedics arriving, then the ambulance, the police cars... Witness statements, people crying. We was all in shock, to be honest. It's just five and the sky is turning from white to grey. The creek is so flat and still, stretching out wide to the horizon. It feels like there should still be police cordons, news cameras, but there's nothing. Just us. Linda looks over at me. Her face is pale. She looks even younger than normal. Vulnerable. Her eyes search mine as though looking for advice. Alice takes my hand, squeezes it real tight for a second. You all right, Lind? Yeah. Yeah, I'm fine. Keep seeing him lying there. I know. Me too. You were amazing, though. It was just all the adrenaline kicking in, I think. What now? Feels wrong just to go home. There's nothing much else we can do. Just wait for more news. Yeah. We'll just have to hold tight for now. You're right. I'd better get the kids back. It's past their tea time anyway. Beverly will be frantic. I'll call you in a bit, though. Anytime. If you hear anything, you'll let me know. Of course. Right. Well, speak later then. Take care, all right? I will. Come on, Lewis, Danny, let's get you home, babes. Nana will be sick to death worrying. Say bye-bye to Alice now. Bye-bye, good boy. (laughs) Bye. I walk home from the marina along the one road that stretches through the town. I know this road like the back of my hand. The bungalows and hedges and square brick houses. I pull my coat tighter around me. My body feels stiff, tense. I hold Lewis's hand as I push the buggy home. It's getting dark now. The street lamps come on all of a sudden. They turn the road, the houses, everything orange. It's that time of day when it's dark enough that people have their lights on, but not so dark that they have closed their curtains yet. I glimpse little scenes of life through every window. An elderly couple sit in leather chairs watching a game show. A boy does his homework at the kitchen table. A man hugs a woman from behind as she stirs baked beans on the hob. 
it's all so normal. It's a relief to get home. Linda, is that you? You're back late. Hi, Bev. Sorry. Oh, Louis, you look freezing, you poor little thing. Look at you, all pink in the cheeks. What took you so long? Dinner's been on the table for ages. It'll have gone cold now. I was at the meeting with the police about the protest. Oh, the police. Again? God, I don't know what you're doing all of this for. Dealing with the police. They have better things to be dealing with than you lot, the Animal Rights Brigade. How long has it been now? Nine months or something? The children need their mother back, Linda. How long are you going to go on causing trouble? Yeah. What's wrong? Bev, something awful happened. At the meeting. A man, he... he... Come, come on. Come and sit down on the settee. Why don't you hop along into the kitchen, Lewis? Nana's made you some nice fish fingers and beans. Me and Mummy be with you in a minute. Now, you gonna tell me what happened? God, I don't even know where to begin. When I get back in, the house is pitch black. Michael is sprawled across the sofa watching Lord knows what. Michael, hello. What? I'm home. Cool. Can you put the news on? I'm watching something, Mum. Just for once, can you think of somebody else? Well, you're the one who just barged in and wanted to change the channel. This is important, OK? Something happened at the meeting, something awful. I think someone might have died. D- died? Well, more like he was killed. Killed? What do you mean, Killed? Like, did someone murder him or something? Not exactly. It's a long story. What do you mean? Will you just turn it over, please? BBC Look East, it'll be on. I'll, I'll explain it all later. Is it this? A reports of a casualty following a community meeting at Brightling Sea Parish Hall in Essex. Oh, God. A small it's down by the marina, isn't it? Police attended a a the casualty? Scene. So far, that means he's not dead, though, doesn't it? Oh, I don't get it. Can you turn it up? Although it is our understanding that the meeting was in relation to the live animal exports protests that have been taking place at the small port over the last ten months. That night, I can't get to sleep. I lie there under the covers, trying everything I can think of to make my mind go blank. It's like this film, playing in my head with all the images and sounds of the last few months. I see lorries trundling down narrow streets, carrying the sheep, their faces pressed up against the slits. I see our meetings, the petitions. I see crowds gathering of people, all shouting, all squashed together, Alice in amongst them all, Lewis in his buggy. I see flashing blue lights and police sirens. I see it all. I see Ralph, 
just lying on the ground. His face with no colour in it. Four of them doing CPR on him for what felt like forever. Drenched with sweat. And I'm just watching. Rocking Danny, trying to keep her from crying. I stay. I have to. I'm not sure if they need me for their statements or whatever. I hear her crying for him. I see it all so clearly. And then I wake up. It's early morning, not even light yet. And Lewis, my little boy, is lying next to me in the bed. I should stop him getting into the bed. Mark and I keep talking about it. But for now, I press my nose against his hair and breathe him in. Feel his hot little body against mine. Hold him, softly, gently. I feel his heart beating with mine. His little hand curled into a ball. I move away from him slowly, try not to wake him and pad downstairs to do my first breast pump. I'm going to be out later for Danny's feed. The kitchen window is misted with condensation. I get out the pump. It's a massive hulking grape thing. I pick one of Lewis's easy peelers out of the fruit bowl. I didn't eat dinner the night before. I eat it so hungrily, almost like an animal or something, the juice trickling down my chin as the breast pump whirs away, makes my nipples sting. The kitchen feels cold and dark and empty. I'm exhausted. I switch on the radio, which of course is a mistake because then I hear it. Thursday afternoon. Paramedics were called to Brightling Sea Parish Hall following an earlier incident. A 65-year-old man was treated at the scene before being taken to Colchester District General Hospital. He was pronounced dead in the early hours of Friday morning. His family and next of kin have been informed his death is not being treated as suspicious. Can you tell us any more about the circumstances of his death? We, we cannot comment at this time. A statement will be issued in due course. Is this linked to the animal rights protesters? Are, are there any reports of violence? Some are saying this has been linked to police brutality in the town. Yes, the public deserve to know what happened in Brightlingsea. What happened in Brightlingsea? What happened in Brightlingsea? What happened in Brightlingsea? What happened in Brightlingsea? It was complicated, of course, but it was the whole situation. The protests, the police, everything that has happened in the last ten months, it was like it all finally just boiled over. We always said someone was going to end up dead. We're just this little town in Essex, Brightlingsea. We're a retirement place, a suburb of Colchester. People aren't used to things like this happening here. It was too much. People should know. They should know about what's been happening here, in Brightlingsea. The whole thing from start to finish. What we've done as a community. What we've had to put up with from everyone. The police, the exporters, the lorries. 
Let's start at the beginning. God, that makes me sound like such a teacher, doesn't it? Well, I suppose that's right, because I am, after all, a teacher. I was a teacher back then, anyway. Taught art at the local secondary school. Old habits die hard, right? Anyway, let's see. It's the new year, January 1995. I'm 47 years old. The new Labour leader, Tony Blair, is doing well in the opinion polls, and Blair, a band from Essex, are in the charts. It's just after three. My cold hands cradle my polystyrene cup. A few little boats quiver and bob on the water. I've just finished for the day at school. Even though it's the first week back, I've already got my bag full of marking and reports to do. The model of respectability these days. A bunch of kids from my school amble slowly by. They make me feel cold just looking at them. No coats, maroon blazers pulled around them tight, drinking fizzy drinks and eating packets of crisps. I come here most days after school and drink filthy cups of tea from a burger van by the marina. I've lived here 20-odd years now, longer than I lived in London, which is mental, really. My two boys grew up here, skimming stones, running past the beach hunts, grazing their knees, trying to do stupid stunts off the wall. Mum, Mum, give us marks out of ten. Mum, look at this one. They're all grown up now. Well, in theory. My youngest, Michael, is at college, finishing his A-levels. And the other one, Jamie, is off at uni, eating pot noodle. And I'm looking at that wall, remembering. And that's when I see it. The lorry. There we go. It's okay, Danny, it's okay. I'm standing in the kitchen at my in-laws' house. I feel like I've gone back in time 20 years. Avocado green cabinets, doilies, net curtains, all of that. I'm holding my youngest, rocking her back and forth, back and forth, desperately trying to get her to sleep. My back's killing me, the arches of my feet are burning. Then I see this huge lorry. Shh, yeah, that's it. Go to sleep, darling. Go to sleep now, shh. It's one of those lorries you see on motorways sometimes. It's crammed with sheep. Their faces and tails are pressed up against metal slats. They look sort of desperate, looking at me like that. And I see this sheep. It's directly eye-level with me in the kitchen. Lewis, Lewis, can you stop that, please? Put it back where it was, please, thank you. I've only just moved here, to be honest. We moved because we was pregnant with Danny. She's almost two months now, born right before Christmas. My other half, Mark, wanted to call her Noel if she was a boy. Noel, like Noel Edmonds, I'm glad she's a girl. Lewis, what did Mummy say before? I'm going to count to five and if you haven't put it back... One. Two. Right, thank you. I'll be with you in two minutes, OK? Mummy's just... just trying to put baby Danny down for a nap, OK? 
marks in the forces. On tour in Bosnia at the moment. That's partly why we moved to Brightling Sea, so I could move in with his mum and dad while he was away. Get a bit of help looking after the kids. My eldest, Lewis, he's two. We was meant to move into this little place in the garrison in Colchester in time for Christmas, but then they found asbestos or something, and then the builders couldn't get in because of the weather, you know, the usual. There's always something, isn't there? I suppose I do like it in a way here. It's nice for Lewis and Danny to see their grandparents, and it's only for a bit anyway. Lewis! Right, settle down now, Year 10. Quiet, please. Yes. Kieran, can you put that down, please? Mel, this is not a hairdressing salon, thank you. Right. Now, some of you might have heard on the news that an artist called Damien Hurst has just won this year's Turner Prize. OK, maybe not. Well, anyway, this is his work. Mother and Child Divided. Miss? Yes, Tasha, those are real cows. That is proper rank, that is. I know, yes, it is a bit rank. But it's also a powerful piece of art with a lot to say. What do you think it might be about? What does it say to you? That this Damien Hurst bloke's a bit of a psycho? Cutting cows up and putting them in tanks? That's sick, isn't it? Thank you, Lucas. Anyone like to venture any other suggestions? Is it sort of about, like, death and life and stuff, miss? They're stuck like that forever in the tank, aren't they? Yes, that's right, Em. It's about separation and the way we view life and death. Has anyone ever seen an image of the Virgin Mary holding baby Jesus? Maybe on Christmas cards or in church windows? Yeah? Well, this artist, Damien Hurst, is taking that image that we all know and making it something much darker. Something quite shocking, really, or as Lucas put it, psycho. He shows a mum not only separated from her baby, but both literally cut in two, divided in themselves. Now, I want each of you for your homework to make a collage that in some way explores these themes in Damien Hurst's work. This idea of separation. You can take it in any direction you like. Maybe there's a news story that really grabs you. Or you could use a story from your own life or your family. Maybe there's something you've been learning about in history. Be creative. Really let your imaginations run wild. You can use anything. Newspaper, magazines, yellow pages, whatever. Right, off you go. I'll collect your collages next week. Don't run, please, Liam. I watch them as they leave, laughing and joking, full of life, full of hormones. It's a free period, so I sit down at my desk. I've got so much work to do. My desk is literally overflowing. Post-its everywhere. And Michael's head of year was meant to call me back this morning. They always say they're going to call back, but it's always me chasing them. Uh, hi, uh, this is Alice MacDonald, Michael's mother, in Year 12. Oh, hello, Mrs MacDonald. How can I help you? 
Yeah, I phoned up four days ago about some concerns I was having about Michael. He seems not to be himself, to be honest. Hi. He's increasingly withdrawn, quiet. I think there's something going on with him at college. Okay, did you want me to ask his head of year to call you back? I've already spoken to her just last week. She said she was going to check in with him and his subject teachers and call me back, but she never did. I was wondering if you could put me through to her now. Let me just see. Year 12, that's Mrs Tiverton, isn't it? Yeah. Right, OK, I'm just looking at the schedule and... Oh, she's teaching at the moment. OK. What I'll do is I'll put a note in her pigeon to call you back as soon as possible. Thank you. Yeah, I'd really appreciate it. No problem at all. Thanks. Bye. Bye now. Next week may also be the first time you ask yourself, where is Brightlingsea? It's been situated almost unnoticed for many centuries, eight miles southeast of Colchester. You may need to know because it's one of the minor league ports, which may be the scene of confrontations next week as the trade tries to use it for the export of cattle, now that Shoreham is so troublesome. Historically, live animal exports have usually been shipped from large ports such as Dover. However, that situation has now changed dramatically, after the big carriers have decided they are no longer to transport livestock for slaughter. This means that the exporters have to find other ports to ship out the livestock. Among them is Brightlingsea. We'll have to see if the residents react as strongly there as they did in Shoreham. Well, where did you have it last, Lou? Please don't cry, babes. No, well, we'll find it somewhere here, OK? I promise. Bev? Bev, have you seen Bugsy? Bugsy? Bugsy, you know Lewis's soft little rabbit toy. He loves it. Takes it everywhere. Can't sleep without it. Lou, why don't you go up and get all cosy in bed and Mummy will find Bugsy and come and tuck you in, all right? OK? Good boy. Oh, no, fuck. I've just had a terrible thought. We went to the zoo earlier and I remember putting it in this carrier bag. And I also had a carrier bag with all the rubbish in from the picnic. Fuck! It's past five. Well, Toys R Us is going to be shut. Shit, shit, shit! Oh, I'll get it! It's Mark. He said he tried to call this evening. Hi, Mark. I didn't think you were going to pick up for a minute. It was ringing that long. Sorry, I, I just had my hands full a bit. Yeah, I bet you did. Uh, it's, it's so good to hear your voice. Yeah, you too. Listen, I can't speak for long. I've got to go to dinner in a second. I miss you so much. How is it? Uh, I hope they're feeding you all right and that. Oh, you know, all right. I'd kill for a roast dinner with all the trimmings and proper veg. <laughs> you? Wanting something green? Have you got jungle fever or something? <laughs> it's not jungle, Linda. It's Bosnia. You know what I mean. I've barely seen you eat so much as a pea. Well, you don't know what you've got till it's gone, right? Tell me about it. So, what's it like there? What have you been doing? Just the same, really, you know. Yeah? Steve and the other lads have been giving me grief as usual. <laughs> you know what they're like. <laughs> Up to no good. What a knobhead. Give him a kick from me. And a hug, too. And what about you? You and the kids holding up? Killed my mum yet? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we're all good, really. Just putting them to bed. Uh, 
I'm stressing out a bit, though, because Lewis has lost his Bugsy, and I'm not really sure... Bugsy? You know, his stuffed rabbit thing. I'm worried I accidentally threw him away. It's my fault. I put him in this carrier bag earlier, and I got him muddled up, and now... Please beating yourself up, Linda. Honestly, don't worry. It's not a big deal. You can just get him another one at the weekend. I think we've even got them vouchers, haven't we? Yeah, I know. I know it's not a big deal, but... He doesn't exactly need any more stuffed toys anyway, does he? He's got the whole massive box of them. Yeah, I just don't know how I'm going to get him to sleep, though. He's been so anxious lately. I don't know if it's you being away or Danny arriving. He started doing this thing where he sort of cries for a bit and then he lip trembles and he... I'm sure he's fine. Don't worry yourself, all right? You're a great mum. You can read too much into these things, can't you? Yeah. Yeah, I know, I'm being silly. Listen, love, that's the bell for dinner. I've got to go now. Of course. Go have your dinner. Speak soon, though, yeah? Yeah. Hugs to you and the kids, all right? Love you. Take care of yourself, okay? Yeah, okay, you too. Bye, Lind. Night-night. Linda, can you move the drying rack out of the kitchen, please? It's just all Danny's baby grows. They're still wet. Well, can you move them somewhere else? They're making it smell damp in there. Michael, can you get that, please? Hello? Hi, is that Michael? Yeah. Hi, Michael. It's Maria here. Is your mum there, please? Okay, sure. Mum, Maria for you. She'll be with you in two seconds. Hi, Maria. Sorry about that. I was just changing my sheets. No problem at all. Do you have a second? Fire away. I was just wondering if you've heard about the live animal exports. Yeah, I've just been hearing about it on the radio. Well, there's a group of us. Sue, me, a few others, thinking of doing something about it. Starting a campaign or something. My mum runs Compassion and World Farming, so she's giving us advice. I was wondering if you might be interested. Oh, uh, I'm not sure. I definitely support what you're doing. The way they're treating the animals is shocking, but I've got quite a lot on my plate at the moment, to be honest. I don't know if I'd be any help. I completely understand. This wouldn't be too much, though. We just need a bit of help with a couple of meetings and the petition, just to start with. Well, I could definitely help with that. Brilliant. I can have a look and see if I can dig up any of the press releases and letters from my old campaigns as well, if that would be helpful. That would be amazing. Actually, would you be up for speaking at the meeting too? I think lots of people know you from the school and you've got all the experience. Of course. No problem at all. Thanks, Alice. You're an absolute lifesaver. You really are. We're bail, by the way. Sorry, I missed that. Bail. That's what we're calling ourselves. It stands for Brightling Sea Against Live Exports. There we go, Danny. Come on now. Time to sleep now. Good girl. She's been crying for four hours. What's wrong with her? I don't know. I think she's just a bit windy today or something. 
think it's how you're holding her. Try shifting her in your arms a bit. It's not that. She's best like this. She'll stop soon. Gosh, it better. You both need some sleep, don't you? Poor things. I'll make you some tea, shall I? Thank you. That would be amazing. My two special girls, you are. <sighs> oh, please, Petal. Come on. Mummy needs to sleep now. Just two hours. Two hours of sleep and I'll be able to manage. Please. There we go. You like this one, don't you? Done. I've got very good testing. <laughs> can't sleep. Feels like years since I've slept properly. I listen to the shipping forecast. That's the only thing that seems to work for me. Cocooned in my duvet, one leg out, trying to keep cool. Listening to all these places. Dogger, Humber, German Bite, Fisher. I imagine them all out there in the darkness across the sea. I'm in my car, but I'm lost and I'm going to be late for school. And the road's turning to jelly. The whole thing is sinking. The sky gets dark and it becomes filled with these voices like electricity in the air or something. I'm fine, Mum. I'm just tired, all right? And the animals. Oh, my God. Are they a bit of Their eyes, matted coats... Blood on some of them. Rockall, Forties, Cromarty, Viking, Fitzroy, Shannon. Mum, just leave me alone. I was just wondering if you've heard about the live animal experts. College is fine, I'm fine. That is proper round, that is. <laughs> sort of like death and life and stuff. Bale, that's what we're calling ourselves. It stands for Brightling Sea Against Live Experts. Stop nagging at me and criticising me. Leave me alone, Mum. Where are you from, Miss? Are you black, Miss? Thanks, Az. You're an absolute lifesaver, you really are. And the car's sinking now. Deeper and deeper. And now I'm outside of it and I realise Michael's trapped inside of it. He's banging on the windows. Please, Mum, please. You've got to help me. You've got to... I'm drenched in sweat when I wake. I sit up for a moment and drink the glass of water on my bedside all in one gulp. Then I try and drift back. I force myself to concentrate on all the distant places in the shipping forecast. Rugged headland, remote islands, Atlantic, Irish Sea, the Channel, Celtic Sea. All the little boats out in the darkness Nighttime trawlers out on the inky black, all rigs, cruise ships, the waves swelling, the water lapping, someone waiting for them to come back home. Seoul, Plymouth, Fair Isle, Malin, Fastnet, Brightling Sea.
have been listening to Humane by Polly Creed. Alice was played by Marcia Leckie, Linda, Francesca Isherwood, Bev, Louise Jameson, Michael, Esmond Cole, Beryl, Margaret Ashley, M, Rose Reed, Mark, Luke Barton, Ralph, Graham Seed. Other parts were played by members of the cast. Sound design by David Rucroft. Music by Ting Ying Dong. Director, Imogen Wyatt Corner. Producer, John Ainsworth. This audio production of Humane is dedicated to the memory of Betty Blower.